man. Thanks for coming on again. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Excited to do it. All right, so you're back in Cleveland. I thought you were in New York. That's just me being stereotypical. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I, I haven't really, I didn't really tell anyone. I just kind of left. <laughs> this Irish could bide the whole city. Yeah, kind of. Cause like, yeah, I'm nobody's hanging out with their friends anyway. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just, it's the same, really. I mean, I'm, I guess they'll notice when uh, things go back to normal. Maybe not. <laughs> They're going to like shoot you a text be like, hey, meet me at this bar. But like, dude, I'm in a different city. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, dude, I left months ago. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about um, podcasting. You can just do it from anywhere. So, you know, who cares where you are? Yeah, it's been good. I it was I was never going to be a lifelong New York guy. Like, it's just it's just I, I like New York. It's just it's a lot for me. Like, I don't. I'm not a huge city guy, so I was always planning on moving and uh, COVID and everything being shut down and then my lease being up kind of just accelerated the process like maybe a year or so where we, me and my uh, fiance were kind of like, let's just go. Um, so being from Cleveland, what's your favorite part about Cleveland? I, my favorite part about, a, about Cleveland is that you're, you're living in a city but not really. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, like, so I'm not out in the fucking sticks or something like that. But, you know, there's no traffic jams or like, like they shoot a lot of movies in Cleveland because uh, because it looks like a city, but there's no one there. So <laughs> it's like, they're like, how much to shut down this street? And this is just like. I don't know, free, you know, it's, it's already <laughs> shut down. Nobody's been on there in 10 years. So, uh, yeah, I, I just love, like, it's the Midwest kind of like politeness and like laid back and everyone's, everyone's nice, but, but it is still a city. There's like, you know, you can go to museums, you can, there's a comedy scene, there's a big comedy clubs, there's, you know, there's good food. So it's like, it's, 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 you're living in a city, but it's way more laid back than New York. Were you, were you planning on going to Cleveland immediately after leaving New York? Or was that just like a, a fallback since it was a year before your schedule? Uh, no, I, it, I was pretty open to um, like, you know, the only, so the, I, I was, I wanted to come either to where my family is Cleveland or where my fiance's family is, which is in Maine. Mm. And, and I kind of let her pick. I mean, the only, the third option would be if, if a job came up at some point, I would move to LA, you know, if some a job I wanted came up um, like a writing gig or something like that, I'd be open to moving to LA. I wouldn't be thrilled to do it, but I, I would be open to it. Um, and then I just kind of let my fiance decide, and it, it just made more sense coming to Cleveland. So. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm actually from Pittsburgh, so I understand that that vibe you get. You know what I mean? Like you're in a city, but you're not really in a city. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh, like Cleveland, similar size, but you know, they shoot a lot of movies there for the same exact reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it's good to hear. Glad you're doing well there. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, so how did you get into the stand-up comedy scene? And you've probably answered this question a bunch of times, but we kind of just want to hear your story. 
tell as much as you want, but uh, the floor is yours. Uh, well, I had uh, I had terrible stage fright. I still do sometimes, but I had really terrible stage fright. So I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I I, uh, I would like I was writing jokes like years and years and years before I tried stand-up. I was just afraid to do it. Like when I was in school, like if I if I would have to talk, it could have been in front of like five people. I my face would get all red and I'd fucking feel lightheaded and like. blank out and stuff like that so i just had horrible stage fright but um basically i i I had a i had a a drug and alcohol problem and i got got sober i got sober young i got sober when i was 23 and uh i really started to get my life together and i think by the time i was like 27 or 28 i kind of was just like what am i doing like i'm i'm working at a good job and I hate it. Like, I hate it. I want to tell jokes. Like, what is the worst thing that would happen? You know, like, so, okay, I have stage fright. I, I fucking faint. Who cares? You know, like, I think sobriety helped me realize that, like, yeah, there's way worse things that can happen than to be embarrassed. You know, sure. so, like, so I, uh, I took a class at the Cleveland Improv. Cause I didn't know, I didn't even know about open mics. Like I didn't have any friends that did comedy. Mm. And in, in college, like I wasn't part of the like crew of people that did comedy or whatever. So I didn't even know uh, open mics existed. So I just saw, I just Googled like, how do you do stand up? And, uh, and there was this class at the Cleveland improv. And at the end of it, there was a show. And I was like, okay, well, then if I take the class, I have to do the show, you know, and through that, I, um, and by the way, it was a good class because like, I think there's a lot of shitty classes out there where like they try and teach you how to be funny. And that's very hard to do. Yeah. Like, and this guy <laughs> who taught the class was just much like taught much more practical stuff. Like, and I still remember it like 10 10 plus years later, like it was like, you know, use less words to say the same thing, move the fucking mic stand out of the way, you know, Uh, you know, like little things that I still see people do like that, like they take the mic out and they'll leave the stand in front of them and it's distracting. Like, so it was like, it wasn't one of these shitty classes. Uh, It was a pretty good class, but, uh, and then from there, I just kind of, you know, he told me about the open mics in Cleveland. And I was, um, I was bad. Everyone's bad at first, you know, like, so I was bad, but I was good. I was good for the bad people, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was, for a guy that was doing it for three months, I was good. I was really good, uh, which equals really bad, but, you know. <laughs> Um, so I moved to New York so quickly because I felt like I had lost a lot of time. I, I, I was 28 when I moved to New York. I felt like, you know, and in, in hindsight, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it's all, it works out, but I felt like I started to stand up super late. So I think I moved to New York like seven months in and, uh, I went to my first open mic there which was like a notoriously like kind of brutal open mic. It was like, 
I don't know if you guys know, like Mike Racine and Mike Lawrence and, <laughs> and Sam Morell and those guys. Like it was, it was called the Woodshed, and uh, it was just like people were rough on you. And I went up with like my best fucking three minutes of jokes from Cleveland. <laughs> And I didn't realize this at the time, like later, years later, I obviously like, I, I know, I know now that, you know, if you're brand new, people don't really pay attention to you that much because there's so many people coming in and out of the scene that it's like, you kind of have to stick around for people to give you some attention at open yeah. mics, which is sort of shitty in a way, but I, I'm as guilty of it as anyone else. But um, I told my best three minutes of jokes to dead silence dead oh. like oh my nothing God. nothing at all and i remember it was raining it was uh it's on um it's uh it's at a place that was called legion bar that's near the corner of uh bushwick and uh metropolitan i remember it like it was yesterday walking out into the rain by myself and just being like what the fuck did I do? <clears throat> Why did I move here? You know, and but you know, you just go to a, another open mic the next night, and eventually things somewhat worked out. Let me ask you something. Um, is it better? So I've been to a few comedy shows in New York um, and some other cities. Do people actually boo at all if you're that bad, or is like the dead silence sort of the equivalent of you just not performing well? I've never seen anyone get booed for being bad. I've seen I okay, I have seen people be get booed for for saying something um like fucked up. Right. Uh, mm. That's the only time I've ever seen someone like booed <clears throat> booed by a large portion of the audience. I have seen I've course i've seen plenty of people heckled you know and all that shit but but booing no uh, that would be cra crazy if they just booed you for being bad <laughs> although i it does happen like i think you know like if you go back to like um like the apollo and like you know um def jam and shit like that you know there, there are rooms where they're brutal and they will boo you off stage but i i've, I've never seen it so what's like the process of you like writing your acts or like writing your jokes and then making sure, you know, those jokes are funny and then those are going to flow well within your act? Well, it's a weird thing, right? Because like um, sometimes, so I write, I usually, I've been off for a little bit writing because I've been just busy with a bunch of stuff, but usually I write every morning. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll just, I, I never, I almost never write after 11 a.m. Like almost never. Like I just, I don't know why. It's just not what I do. But so I'll write, and um, and then through throughout the course of my life, I just, if there's something I think of that might be a, a joke, I'll just make a note in my phone, and I'll look at that when I'm writing. But the bizarre thing is like. <clears throat> The thing that's really weird about stand up, and I think I'm like, the more you do it, the more you kind of get a sense of this. But sometimes I'll write two jokes in a day, you know, and joke A, I'll think that's a fucking killer joke. That joke is amazing. 
joke B, I'm like, this joke sucks. Maybe I'll say it. We'll see. And then you take it out in front of an audience and find out they hate joke A and love joke B. You know, it's like a weird thing where um, sometimes your own instincts aren't right. You know, uh, so that that's what's weird about that's what's weird about COVID because, um, you know, for so long, I was living in this world where I would write in the morning and generally get a chance to try those jokes out in the next, if not that night, the next day or two. And then we had this four or five month period where I couldn't try anything out except, you know, Zoom shows, but they were a little, mostly on Zoom shows, I just bullshitted because it was, seemed, it was weird to do like material, you know? So, yeah. So now I just have like chunks of material that I've never said, which is a, a different experience to try and try and figure out what I'm now in the process of figuring out what of it is good and what's bad. Sort of going off when you're writing jokes or preparing your acts, how much do you cater to the audience of the city that you're in? So, like, do you cater to or do you prep jokes for when you're in New York compared to, let's say, Cleveland or Minneapolis or Atlanta? How's that so sort of work? I used to have, I used to have jokes that I couldn't do on the road that were like kind of that just worked well wor worked really well in like hip brooklyn rooms you know like and i decided i didn't fucking i i didn't want that you know what i mean like that i didn't i that to me i i wanted to find what something that was you know could kill in a in a in in some hip loft show in Brooklyn and could kill at the Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas. Like mm. you know, like that's yeah. that's my goal. So I dumped all those jokes, you know. And now I don't I don't cater to the city. And you know, part of I I I don't really I don't I mean I'm a pretty liberal guy, but like I don't find political stuff that funny anyway. So like I don't have to worry about that. There's no, there's no, like, there's no political jokes in my act really. You know, I mean, you can tell from my act, you can tell from fucking looking at me that I'm probably a left leaning <laughs> guy, but you know, um, I would, ra I would rather, uh, you know, I would rather take a room of people that may or may not agree with each other and, and, and get them to laugh at, at, at sort of the common human experience and realize they agree on, 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 on most things than, than just go up there and shit on Trump and walk half the room, you know, mm. I, I don't. So, um, yeah, I, the only, the only time I cater to a city is like, you know, I'll riff on a city like, you know, when I when I, I'm on the road a lot. So like I'll I'll I don't really write jokes about it, but I'll, I'll like if there's something funny about a given city, I'll I'll riff on it and, you know, do that. What's you the go ahead. Go ahead, Johnson. I was just going to ask if you ripped on his hometown. Cleveland. Yeah. I, no, it's so fucking hard. It's just, or is it it's, too easy? It's similar to Trump. It's like, it's like, 
all the jokes have been done. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what I don't really know what like Cleveland was the butt of every city joke for <laughs> you know from probably like 1970 to to now you know so it's like I, I it's it's a little bit hard to do i mean i i i i uh i i did i had a good joke that i did at hilarities in here in Cleveland a couple years ago I was on the road because I was living in New York at, at the time and there was this cross across from the uh across from the arena um uh I think it's called I think they may have changed the name but it was the queue is Quicken Loans Arena it may be Rocket Mortgage Arena now I don't know but it's where the Cavs play they had this giant a full building was covered in a picture of LeBron James mm-hmm. um, <laughs> And when he left for the second time, uh, there's there's this bridge in Cleveland um, with these famous statues on it um, called the Guardians of Transportation. They're just these kind of like uh, gothic looking guys, and they replaced LeBron James with the the giant banner was just one of those guys. And I kind of just had a riff about how fucking sad our city is. <laughs> That like the only thing we could think of to replace LeBron James is a statue. There's not a single other living person that we could put on a building. It's just like fuck, dude. I put up one of the statues. I guess that's, LeBron is gone and Drew Carey moved. So yeah, they kind of just mailed it in, and uh, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, but it's weird. It's like it's a weird thing where it's like. It's just such well-worn territory where it's like, yeah, we know our our river caught on fire a few times. Like, <laughs> we're a piece of shit. We get it. Yeah, it's um, like you got to be original with the content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, there's it's just like I and and I also like you know I don't want to like I wouldn't I would never I'm very open to making fun of Cleveland, but I would never like uh you know earnestly shit on it because i love it you know i yeah. love i love cleveland like i think it's i think people love cleveland people from cleveland love it in kind of an extra special way because it's seen as such a shitty place by the rest of the country yeah you know, you, you feel like you feel like you're in something together you know uh, i feel like that's how people are with new jersey too yeah similar. you know yeah it's similar yeah. Yeah. So what's the favorite or your favorite place, whether it's city or venue that you've performed in, whether it was like a great crowd or um, you performed the best there or just like great memory that you've had? Like, what's your favorite place? Well, my two my two favorite clubs in the country are uh, Go Bananas in Cincinnati and the St. Louis Funny Bone. Um, I just because I have. Uh, the crowds are always good. I'm friends with the staff. It's just always, they're always good weeks there. But I think probably my most special comedy experience was, was doing Seth Meyers was uh, that was, that was my first like real TV spot. And he fucking, he just went out of his way to be nice to me. Like he really went out of his way to, to be nice to me and make sure everything went well and uh and the set went well and it was just it was a really cool experience so i you know and then i've done i've done huge 
theaters I've opened for guys. That's a weird experience because then, like, you you think a joke bomb, but you don't realize like when you're in a giant theater, there's like a delay, you know, and mm. then all of a sudden there's this kind of roar. It's like it, it's a totally different experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I and and then there's been like shit bar shows in Brooklyn that I've loved that I've had like a blast just doing crowd work, you know. So. I don't know, all over the map, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to walk us through uh, how, you know, getting on the late night with Seth Meyers came about? Sure. Uh, I had it um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty easy, really. Like, I, I was frustrated for so long because I was like, Cause I had a lot of like TV ready jokes, you know, like, which are, you know, if there's people that listen to you that are like, that are comics, you know, uh, or, or starting out and, and you want to do a TV set, it's just, you know, keep it clean and, and keep it kind of tight. And that's a TV joke, like shorter and cleaner is a good TV joke. And, uh, I had a ton of TV jokes and like, I had, I was just kind of bummed that I hadn't got a late night set yet. And uh, I was opening for Colin Jost a, a fair amount uh, mm. from SNL at the, at the time. And um, he was like, he was like, what late night shows have you done? And I was like, none. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any. And he was like, would you want to? And I was like, yeah and he was like all right let me see if i can help you and like i thought he meant like maybe he'd mention something to his agent but he literally took out his phone texted seth myers and was like what's your email and i gave him my email and then uh the booker just booked me i didn't wow. send a set in or anything no like i eventually had to send in a set but only for standards and practices not for because <laughs> you know jost and seth myers are both having been head writers at snl like they have a trust there i think that he said you know put this kid on the show and uh so i had it pretty i mean it was a long time coming i felt but the actual process of it was super easy Thanks to Colin Jones. Yeah, that's aw that's awesome. That you'd help you. Out. He, I mean, he's living like a guy or every kind of guy's dream. You know, he's funny, and then now he's with Scarlett Johansson. So it's like, you know, helps you out. What what can he do? He's also he's also <laughs> like he's also the nicest guy. Like he he you know he was very well aware of what uh what a club pays an opening act. You know, and he he's been at. He was at SNL since he uh, graduated college. So he, mm. he's, he at, at this point, um, at this point, there are very few people, if any, not I'm not talking about cast members, just people who have because he was a writer for most of the time. But there are very few people, if any, who have been at SNL longer than him. Um, so in the history of the show. So, you know, he was he, he's done well financially and and he knew um you know what clubs pay a opening act you know and and so every monday after i'd open for him 
and I, I never asked and he never told me he was going to do this he'd venmo me um what to me was a lot of money uh, <laughs> like as a bonus you know wow and to, which to and to him was probably not was definitely not a lot of money but to me what and this was you know six seven years ago but it was like every time i'd open for him he'd pay me just way more than what the club paid me and it was like fuck dude wow he, that's a good guy dude. yeah for sure that's incredible yeah so I was looking at your website. Um, yeah, it's probably nothing on it. I, I haven't done much there. <laughs> well, one of the things that stuck out to me is that you have a blue belt in jujitsu. Yeah, I do. I have a blue belt. So first question, what exactly is jujitsu? Jujitsu is a, a, a Brazilian martial art. It's... Um, it's grappling really it's kind of a bit of a bit of a combat it's like submission grappling you know it was started as as, as it was started sort of as a form for a smaller person to defend themselves against a bigger person but it's very very everyone in the mma n has to know some jujitsu because it's like once you're on the ground it's the best way to fight so how did you get into it uh, through D Diego Lopez, who's a comic uh, in Brooklyn, and he's also a black belt in uh, in jujitsu, and he's got a kind of a army of comics that he trains, and uh, <laughs> so I would I'd train with him, and I just loved it. I'm I've been away from it for so long now; uh, it feels weird. Um, just with you know, it's one of the last like rest sweating on each other on gross mats is probably the last thing that will open back up you know uh, yeah uh so that uh, and strip clubs yeah 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 uh so but yeah i i uh it's weird i feel it's weird because i i would do mma and jujitsu it's weird like when i was a drunk I would get in fights all the time and I would get beat up like just because I was drunk. Like I was always a good athlete, but I would pick fights with like people bigger than me. And, uh, now that I'm sober, I, 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 I have not been in a fight. Since I've been sober. Like, cause I used to think when I used to get in fights, when I was a drunk, I used to be like, yeah, it's just part of life. You fight all the time. And then I got sober and realized like, this oh, isn't how it is. Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> easy not to get in a fight. <laughs> not a, very simple, but like, I do feel a nice sense of confidence being like, okay, if somebody attacked me, if some drunk attacked me or something like that, I could, I could defend my, I could, I could, de-escalate the situation pretty easily like you know <laughs> unless it was just a gigantic dude that knocked me the fuck out but like for the most part like i i, I do have some fighting skills now and it it does it is a nice uh makes you feel a little safer even though i'll probably never ever use them you know so you yeah. said you, you, you said <laughs> sure. you haven't done it in a while. How long has it been? Since uh since lockdown in New York. Okay. Um, okay. Um yeah. Is it one of those things where you get it and you it's not like a certification, right? Like once you add the blue belt, you're good for Yeah. How does that work? Well, I have it for life, but I mean, a blue belt jiu-jitsu is interesting because it's a newer martial art, so like relatively. Um so uh 
um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu specifically. There's, there is something called Japanese jiu-jitsu, but it's a totally different thing. When people say jiu-jitsu, they mean Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So <laughs> like in, in karate, like depending on what school you go to, you could get a black belt in like five years or three years, you know, but in jujitsu, it's new enough that everyone can trace their teaching lineage back that no teacher wants to be known as someone who gives out belts to people that don't deserve it. So it, the belt system takes a long time. So mm. uh, being a blue belt is, is nothing. The, the, uh, you're, you guys are white belts. Yeah. Just by, by that, you, uh, it's nothing. Everyone's a white belt, you know. So, um, so blue belt. I'll take it. Blue belt's the next belt, you know. So I only have one belt. So it's not okay. Like, I'm not. I'm not far up the ladder, but it it took me, you know, three years. Wow. Or yeah. What's after blue belt then? Is it black or uh, no? No, it's blue. Um, blue, purple, brown, black. Interesting. Okay, I never knew that. I just. Are you a fan of The Office? Uh, I am, but I don't know that I watched the later seasons. I need to go back and just binge the whole thing because I don't know if I <laughs> I mean, you probably got some time and it's still on yeah. Netflix. Well, yeah. might as well take advantage. But uh, yeah, I just keep thinking of Dwight. Um, he's in that. Uh, I don't know if it's jujitsu or karate or something, but he's in a class for like years and years and years. And uh, he's like in a class with like all these little kids. And for some reason, he just can't get certified or passed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about the, your your role in like the rad dude cast uh you know we've we've obviously had your two other guys on but how did you get involved with this um anthony and greg were um we were just hit all the same open mics <laughs> and um so we became pretty tight and uh you know they were they were uh <clears throat> They grew up together, so they're 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 best friends, you know, good dating way back. But we got pretty tight, just kind of hitting the same open mics every every night, uh, and um, similar comedic sensibilities. And we were like, we I think I think how it went down is we were coming home from a show, and uh, just bullshitting in the car, just like bullshitting the way comics bullshit. And, I, and 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 what we kind of realized is like and this was this was back you know we've been doing it a long time so this was back when like um the standard format it was like it was like WTF was the sort of uh with with Mark Marin was sort of the the boilerplate everyone was doing and we were kind of like what, what about a podcast where instead of comedians talking about comedy, like, let's just fucking bullshit the way comedians talk when no one's around, you mm. know? And, like, let's, let's talk the way we talk to each other. Like, let's just do crazy, wild shit. And uh, it's, uh, it's mildly paid off, uh, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> We've achieved mediocre success. If anyone wants to check out the Red Dude cast, but it's still fun to do. I mean, with that being said, so where, where do you see it going? Do you want to try to blow it up, you know, like it's a bar store or like a ringer podcast? Or are you just happy doing it for fun or um, kind of give me an idea of the roadmap? Oh, yeah. I mean, the roadmap, like, look, we, we've always 
you know, I think if you're in show business, it's like you want success, you know, like it's like, you, you, of course, we want it to keep being fun. Of course, I want my comedy to stay true to what m my comedy is. But on both of those fronts, yeah, of course we want growth, you know. I yeah. want to, I want to be a bigger stand-up comedian. I want a bigger podcast. Like that's, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a very strange answer to be like, <laughs> ah, no, like I, I don't want any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. So and and we have, you know, we we have achieved pretty good you know we make money off it we 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 it's 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 good you know like so it's um it's getting there we'll, we'll uh we'll see awesome good to hear well i mean you guys are hilarious so um we look forward to you guys keeping it up so we're gonna finish uh with a little answer the internet questions uh for those unfamiliar with ati answer the internet is a card game with hypothetical questions, fuck, Mary kill, those sort of type of questions uh, created by KFC and fights over at Barstool Radio. Unfortunately, this is not sponsored, so uh, this, <laughs> is a, this is a free plug for them. Uh, but Brad and I, uh, Brendan, are each going to give you a hypothetical. And uh, this is one of my favorite ones because I find it really interesting. Are you smarter than Christopher Columbus? Because there's a lot of ways you can look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult because, like, you know, I could just, I, I could, I could say, huh? Yes, I am. Uh, I think Christopher Columbus has skills that I obviously don't have in terms of um, navigational skills and, 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 and uh, seamanship and that sort of thing. But uh, I think uh, with the um, 370 some years or whatever I have on, on him, I think I've, uh, uh, we've learned so much more about the world and how it works that I would say, uh, I do know more, uh, I, I do have a better understanding of how the world works scientifically and otherwise than Christopher Columbus. Um, and I think I also am confident that I could, if I dedicated my life to it, learn the things that he was able to do, like navigate by the stars and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with yes, but We've also never seen Christopher Columbus in 2020. So, very so that's a good point. Yeah. So you can look at it two different ways. Let's say you were born in the 15th century. Yeah. Same time, same year. Yeah. You think you could outdo what he did? Oh, that's a so that so that's same a goes question. That's same a question. Is it though? Well, it that would imply that I have the same goals as him, you know, like, okay. Okay. Let's, let's, yeah. so, so if, okay. So say, so if I had the same goals as him, could I outdo what he did? Uh, let's say you got there in 1491 instead of 1492. Right. Could I outdo what he did? I would like to say yes, because I believe that I could learn the same skills he did with my intellectual capacity. And then, I, I would like to think my moral compass 
would be a little bit better than his. <laughs> so upon arrival, I would have done a bit better. Uh, with some Morally and ethically. He was also, uh, he was also crazy. Um, but so am I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've, I've been in the mental hospital a bunch of times. So I'm, I have a struggle with mental illness, but he was worse crazy than me. He, I, he thought, um, he, after, like, after he discovered, discovered America, um, he like kind of lost it and he thought he was God. It was really weird. Like they think looking back that he was, may have been a, uh, schizophrenic. Mm. Wow. I mean, to be fair, also, if I discovered a new continent, I'd be pretty hype on myself, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I mean, that is a godlike thing to do. Here's the land that, you know, no one knew about, no white person knew about, yeah. other than the Vikings who just didn't tell anyone. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of TikTokers think they're gods right now, and they didn't discover anything, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got, I'm curious, because being in Cleveland, this one, I'm, I'm curious about your answer to this one. Would you rather wear cargo shorts every day or no socks ever again? Oh, fucking no socks ever again, man. I okay. Definitely. Definitely. I hate cargo shorts. I hate them with a passion. And I honestly don't. For, I love shoes. I'm a big sneaker guy. So how I would deal with that issue, because I don't mind not wearing socks. I just the, the only thing that gets to me is your shoes get kind of grody. Right. So I would just get fucking new shoes all the time and not be a cargo shorts asshole. Uh, <laughs> and not, not to shit on anyone that wears cargo shorts, but every day that's you're, that's it's too much. That's too much. That's well, I'll sing it because even in the winter, your legs are going to be cold. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. Uh, I, I would say anyone who selects cargo shorts is an insane person of that. <laughs> The Christopher Columbus one was difficult. That one, you got to be crazy to pick. The big cargo shorts. Yeah, unless maybe, well, even if you live in the tropics, then it's like, well, wear flip-flops, you know? Like, you don't need socks then either. So, yeah. It's, it's a good point. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's crazy. This is, these are fun. The Christopher Columbus one is hard. It's a, it, sparks, it, it sparks a good debate because you have to really think about the word smarter. And what that means. And then it's almost comparing apples to oranges because obviously one's in the 21st century and one's in the 15th century. So, but it's, it's interesting to hear people's responses because they're all different. Yeah. It's so, it's so, it's, you, there's so many different ways to look at it, I guess. I, uh, I don't know. And we also, I guess we don't know how smart, how, like if we're just we, measuring intelligence, we don't, we have no baseline for where Christopher Columbus was at other than right. the things he did. Like yeah. there, were, there weren't tests back then, you know, like we don't even really know. I guess he, I guess he most likely went to college. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I don't know how yeah. things worked back then. No. Um, no, there were like four colleges. He probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he just got a boat and sailed. Sailed and went, man, to and hope not to fall off the edge of the world. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, those were our answer the internet questions. You can download the answer the internet app or buy the card set from barstoolsports.com. Again, not sponsored, but you're welcome. 
All right, Brendan, thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. You um, wanna you wanna plug your social media? Yeah, you can follow me at Airbud E Y R E B U D on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, this dude, this really funny dude, um, I worked with uh, named Aaron Weber. Uh, he's out of Nashville. Uh, was like dude, you got to get on TikTok. And I was like, I'm not fucking getting on TikTok. It's it's teenage girls twerking. I can't, I'm not watching that shit. And uh, he was like, dude, just trust me. And I ignored it. And then at the beginning of this uh, month, I was like, fuck it. I'll throw some stand-up clips up. Uh, and I have like 2 million views already. So oh, wow. Like, oh, dude. Damn. Now, now I'm only a TikTok guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm uh, at Real Brendan Air on TikTok. I don't know if that even matters. I don't know how followers work on TikTok. I don't know. I <laughs> still either. don't. I don't understand it. I don't even go. I don't scroll through it because I'm like, oh, here's a hot girl dancing. Here's a hot girl dancing. Here's a fucking 12 year old girl dancing. How is this? <laughs> how is this legal? Like, I can't. Don't show me this. Yeah. But yeah, so you can, uh, and then I'll be at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. If any of your listeners are there, uh, October 9th and 10th, one show only each night, and they're doing really good social distancing, sanitizing, all that stuff. Nice. Awesome, Awesome, man. Sounds great. So again, go go follow Brendan Air, E Y R E, Bud, on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow the Rad Dude Cast as well. Listen to them wherever you find your podcast at Rad Dude Cast. You can follow us again at Johnny Radio Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we are now on Amazon Music. So, I mean, if you're on there, go check us out. So, uh, Brendan, thanks again, man. Thank you guys so much. This was fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, uh, when things get back to normal, we'll try to have you back on and see how you're doing. All right, sounds good. Take care, guys. Awesome, man. You too, man. I swear to God I wasn't born to fight. Maybe just a little bit. Enough to make me sick of it. But I can read between the lines. I want to run from everything, but my legs won't work. It's clear to me.
making my own way down to where I got to be. Wait and see. I'll be making my own way down. I'll be making my own way down to where I got to be. Wait and see.